Hey, you heard about the good news? You sleeping on me, huh? I had a good snooze. Wake up, wake up. Hello, how you doing? It's me, Five Mics. Uh, it's the idea of manhood, ladies and gentlemen, episode 22. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's your boy, Five Mics, husband, father, educator, writer, MC, the microphone gives me wings. I am excited to be back again. I told you all two weeks ago that I was going to come back to back to back. And I'm trying to do that here. Um, uh, No more excuses. So every Thursday, 7 a.m., you should have an episode to the best of my ability. Understand that things happen, but I'm going to do my best. So thank you for tuning in. I'm going to jump right in. This is episode 22, the idea of manhood into what I'm tired of. I'm going to jump right in. No breaks, people. No breaks. I'm going right in, going right in. Um, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really tired right now, <clears throat> excuse me, of uh, the American election. Like this political season we're in right now, I don't know if it's because... You know, I'm getting older and I've, you know, I've seen so many, I've seen a lot of elections. You know, my first time voting was maybe Clinton's second term, I think, and Bill Clinton's second term. And I've seen so many elections and, you know, that 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 passion that you have to vote at the beginning to learn more about the candidates and the electoral college and, you know, voting and and, and at that excitement. And as you get older and older, that kind of wanes and you start to see some of the realities of this American election, uh, the system, this political system that we're in. And, you know, now I'm almost 40. And to me, um, I'm just very disheartened and disenfranchised with uh, the American voting system like this political season we're in it seems to me and you know i'm no political science major you know i don't study politics a lot i read as much as i can but it seems to me like a big show it seems to me like entertainment so to me when you align entertainment and politics then You know, if you look at the entertainment business, then people that have more money or more status or 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 more supporters get most of the recognition as opposed to the people that may or may not be the most talented or or the best for the job. And that's what this political season seems like to me. You know, the news. I, I just think the way that the news has been. Um, capturing this election to me is very irresponsible. You know, it's point blank irresponsible. The way that uh, you know everybody knows Trump. Trump is a maniac. Okay, he's a maniac. Everybody knows that. Um, but the news will report what he said or what he did without without like applying a a a value to it or without saying like, this is really bad, you know, they'll just report it. And I know the no, the news is not supposed to technically, you know, uh, give you its opinion. It's supposed to give you facts, right? So, you know, but with other situations, 
based on the way that the story is positioned in the grand scheme of the news cycle. Like it lets you know what's bad and what's good, what's light, what's sports, what's the weather. You know what I'm saying? But the way the news has been in, has been capturing Trump has been all like, look what this guy did. <laughs> Smile, winking a gun. This guy's crazy. So by giving him that platform, you know, it's it's encouraging the rest of the United States to go crazy with this guy and to fall in love with him some reason i saw a crazy video today by uh minister farrakhan um that was talking about trump and he's been vocal about trump and just saying hey you know i'm not surprised you surprised you know i'm not surprised he said a quote something like um you know trump is 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 peeling back the onion and i'm paraphrasing i can't remember specifically but uh trump is peeling back the onion of white civility you know what i'm saying and and his point was that you know trump is basically exposing the real that's why i'm 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 not necessarily mad at trump i you know i need to know who's who and what's what you know and basically you know Trump is exposing that. You know, we're, we talk about civility all the time. There's a county in Maryland where everybody in the county gets a sticker that says, you know, choose civility, you know, in terms of being neighborly and nice and letting people go in front of you. But then you have this guy out here that's talking crazy and is getting all sorts of support from people that he doesn't care about. But this is not the political uh, podcast. That's just what I'm tired of. And I'm going to leave it there. Um, just transitioning in because it's entertainment, right? It's all entertainment. And I want to make sure we get to the main idea, uh, cause I'm talking about a heavy topic. At least it's heavy for me. Um, you see what the title of the title of the episode is the gay episode. I don't know. It's going to be the gay episode or the gays episode, like the gays episode. But anyhow, um, but I want to talk about music real quick. Woo! Heavy, heavy couple of weeks of music. I don't think I mentioned it last week. I don't know if their albums were out. But um, three or two amazing albums came out last week uh, that you have to get. Not hip-hop, R&B. Um, you gotta get that BJ the Chicago Kid album. I've been telling folks about this dude for years. He's been around for a minute. Same backup uh, for Mary Mary and other gospel groups. He's written for everybody. You know, he's from Chicago, of course. And his latest album called, dag on it, I should be more prepared, but I'm not. Um, his latest album is, I can't remember, but I'll tell you in a second. Um, I'm talking, you know, when I tell you the music on this album is amazing, um, it just goes to show you the importance of writing. And how important it is. You can have a crazy beat. You can have a great hook. You can have all the trap sounds. that You can have all that in the background. But if you don't have good writing, your album is only always going to be 50%. This dude's album, In My Mind, is the name of the album by BJ the Chicago Kid, is 100%. This album is amazing. You need to go listen to it, start to finish. You're going to get a little trap. You're going to get a little soul. You're going to get a little R&B. You're going to get a little gospel. You're going to get a little hip hop. You're going to get a little spoken word. It is amazing. Listen to it. All right. Next up, um, one of my favorite artists. Somebody laughed at me. Somebody straight up 
laughed at me when I told them that Tweet is one of my favorite artists. How dare you? Um, yes, Tweet's album came out this week as well. Her album is called Charlene, and her album is amazing. Um, I really, really enjoy it. You know, Tweet's first album, Southern Hummingbird, is probably in my top five albums of all time. My, my own personal, I can't, I can't say of all time because you got to think Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, you know, all that. But it's definitely one of my favorite albums. I won't say top five, but it's definitely one of my favorite albums, her first album. And this album, Charlene, is right in line with her first album. I'm talking mellow. I'm talking um, very heavy bass, but also uh, acoustic, a lot of, not a lot of instruments, um, pianos, guitars, acoustic guitars, and bass. So it's just a very unique sound. And her, her voice is, is so soprano and, and airy. And um, she got little run skills too. It's just a really dope album. So, um, you know, she, she's contributing again with Missy. So you have a little Missy influence on there, but it's mostly her on the album and just very mellow album, chill, car drive, long drive, and just listen to that. So um, definitely check those out. Uh, other things coming up. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on this podcast either. Anderson Pac. Ooh. Music is, I'm telling you, for anybody that's telling you that music is whack right now, slap them in the face because they're lying to you and they don't like you as a friend. If they, t- if, if somebody tells you that um, that music is whack right now, uh, Anderson Pac is this dude uh, from L.A. or from the West Coast. I don't know exactly where he's from in L.A. or in California. But uh, he just released the album Malibu. It's named the album a few weeks ago. And um, this is actually, I don't think this is his first album. I actually think it's his second. Um, But I'm talking, this dude is hip hop. It's R&B. Also, you see there's a lot of fusion happening right now. Because I think this is the industry's way of telling you that rap on its own wasn't working. Hip hop on its own. I mean, uh, R&B on its own wasn't working. So a lot of sounds are starting to fuse. A lot of, you know, coasts are starting to fuse. People want that bass, but they also want a little sensibility and sensitivity in their music. So, um, and that's what Pac gives you. It's kind of like a mixture of, of, uh, of Bilal and Kendrick Lamar in terms of his flow, in terms of his actual voice. He's got range and singing and writing and writing his rhymes. So definitely tune into that. Um, Yeah, so those are my my, my hip-hop R&B moments of the week. And uh, I'm going to take a little break because I have to stop this movement and go into where the main idea is going. So thank you for tuning in. This is uh, the Idea Manhood episode 22, and I'll be right back. I've been mm, thinking... mm, about my mm, vision. Okay, I'm back. Um, yo, Kanye, FML. Check that song out. It's called FML. Check that song out. I'm telling you, I might have to do a whole episode about that song on its own and break down every stanza because it's just that heavy. Um, 
But yeah, so this episode is called the gay episode, the gays episode. Um, I, I, it, it's just one of those things I, I can't explain. So I'm, I'm going to be, this, this is one of those episodes where, you know, I'm being very vulnerable. Um, you know, I'm being very authentic. I might say things that um, might offend, nah, I say offend, but yeah, it might offend some people. I might not use the right words. I might not say the most politically correct thing, um, but please know that there is no malice in my heart, that there is no disdain in my heart, that there is only love in my heart. And I'm coming from probably the most altruistic place I could possibly come from in this uh, telling the story and talking on this format in a podcast, you know, hypothetically reaching any and everyone in the world. Excuse me. So I call this the uh, the gays episode because I, um, you know, recently I had there was an event that I went to, and uh, it was a friend's a friend's party, and I, um, you know, my, fr- my friend, good friend of mine, and he's gay, and um, yeah, it was a it was a party, and at the party. It was a lot of gay people there, gay dudes there, gay girls there. There's a lot of gay, got a lot of gay people around me. So here's the other thing. So please know that as I'm telling the story, like everybody's so politically correct. They're trying to be politically correct when they talk about homosexuality, LGBT community, about gay people and people fumble over words because they don't want to offend anybody. So if I fumble, it's not about anybody in particular it's just because i would just want to make sure that people can see that i'm coming from the most humble place i could possibly come from anyhow so i'm at the party and there's a lot of gay people there and there are a couple of times throughout the party where you know my straightness was uh it it was obvious it, it was so um it it became glaring to me. I don't know if anybody else noticed. I don't know if anybody else cared. Probably not. But to me, it became very clear that, you know, oh man, like I'm probably one of the only, I'm, I'm one of very few straight dudes here. And it started to make me, you know, I didn't, it didn't make me uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, it made me reflect. And I was driving home that night and the day after, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, I'm 39 years old, and maybe five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I know 10 years ago, I know 15 years ago, I don't know if I would have been comfortable in that environment in the way in which I'm comfortable in that environment now. And and it was just, it just got me thinking, like, existentially. Like, I was thinking on so many different levels. Like, you know, I was thinking about my friend whose party it was. I was thinking about, um, you know, their partnership. And I'm thinking, like, yo, like, these two dudes can't, like, they don't have the, uh, the, 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 the freedom, you know, the liberty to publicly do some of the things that my wife and I can do. They don't have the the freedom of judgment that my wife and I do. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I was thinking about some of the guys and girls that were there 
at the party. I'm like, there's, you know, and in the party, it was so much love and so much just, you know, so much beautiful interaction. And what I thought was, you know, I'm going to be very honest. And I'm sure some of my straight friends might joke me. I don't care. It is what it is. You come up on the microphone and share yourself in this format. And then, you know, I'll let that joke slide. But you're not going to do it because you're a coward. But, (laughs) yeah, like what struck me when I'm in the environments with a lot of gay guys or gay girls is that, like, there's so much love amongst them. I'm saying them. I hate how that sounds, but you understand what I mean, right? In that group, in that group, amongst them, within them, there's so much love and there's so much freedom and there's so much like self-love and so much like camaraderie and just, it's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it, it, and, and there are times when I'm in that group as a straight man in a group of gay guys and gay girls where I feel like to them, I'm an outsider. So they might know me, they might dab me up. Hey, what's going on? My ha ha ha. But I'm still like, not quite. I'm still, you know, at hands, you know, you know, I'm still a little bit away. I'm still far from, you know, being able to engage in the same way they do, you know, whether, you know, just how they, just that laughter and that camaraderie, like I'm not really in that. And I think, you know, there were some times where I would get, I would feel a certain way about that. I would be in my feelings about that. Like, huh, they, you know, you hear, you know, a friend, oh, oh, this group, oh, they went to this party or, you know, they, they had a little get together. You're like, oh, they didn't invite they invite me, they invite the straight guy. Okay, okay, I see how it is. You know what I'm saying? But I had to check that because I had to check that because it's like they're gay. And for me, as a straight man, to like to feel left out from a place of my privilege, you know, the privilege of being a straight man. And when I'm saying privilege, I'm not saying like my personal privilege, but just like within the context of this Western society in the United States that we live in, of course, there's a privilege to be straight. Just like there's a privilege to be white, there's a privilege to be a man, you know, any of those structures where you're the dominant, it's a privilege to be straight. And so I had to check myself. So these every time so I'm, I'm talking like these are this all happened within a week. No, this has taken years for me to have these internal conversations. Like, what am I feeling salty about that I wasn't invited to this group? I mean, damn. I mean, they're trying. They, they want to be. They want to be free. Like, they want to be free from judgment. And that's what it, like the, the judgment piece kept on going, because my boy, um, my friend whose party was, you know, he was. He's he mentioned, you know just thanking people for being there and that he, you know, made sure he chose people to be there and share into that, share in that environment. Like, can you imagine, you know, a lot of straight guys don't, don't think a couple steps ahead. Like, can you imagine inviting your friends over and having them, having to worry about them judging you for who you are and what you do and how you do it? And how you dress and what you wear, what you know, and just like what, what 
different thing, what drink you're drinking. Like, oh, you're doing that because you like this. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, so I, I wanted to, this episode is really just about a series of revelations. And a series of revelations about, you know, I am in a field, you know, in education, and I'm, I'm, I'm African American, I'm black, I'm a black male educator. Um, and in, within the field that I'm in, there's a lot of gay, uh, a lot of gay guys, you know, in my circle of friends, there's a lot of gay guys, the, the people I hang out with. Um, and, you know, there was a time where that would make me like, I, I mean, I don't know, I, I would feel a little, I would feel something about that. You know what I'm saying? I would feel I was always conscious of it. That's what I was conscious of it. And I was con I would consciously be like, yo, you know, dang, you know, I'm the only straight guy, man. I can't do this, or you know, I can't do X, Y, and Z. Oh man. And I would I would feel like, man, I need to get some more straight friends. Like that's that's what I would think in my head. I need to get some more straight friends, man. It's crazy. I can't, you know, they're not going to feel comfortable with me. I don't feel, but it wasn't them not feeling comfortable with me. It was me not feeling comfortable with myself in that environment. Like, oh, what if somebody, oh, somebody's going to think, you know, somebody's going to think, I can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type of stuff I'll be thinking in my head. And um, it's just so stupid. So what made this all click because the last couple of days I've been a lot of, around a lot of gay shit. <laughs> so, so I was gonna put it out just like look, this this is a part of my learning, right? As a straight man, it's a part of my learning. Like the more and I've done it today in this episode, just some unconsciously or subconsciously, is like the more you try to censor yourself when it comes to issues that are that could possibly be offensive, the more you try to like tiptoe, the more sexist, racist, homophobic, or whatever you sound. So when people, you know, talk about black people and they be like, I have no issues with black people. I have a lot of black friends. Like, you know, they get all whisperish. They tell you like, ah, yeah, black. You know, he's he's African American black. Like people don't know what to say. You know, the the black the black guy over there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And so I do that with when I'm talking about gay people, when I'm talking about gay folks, like, yo, he's gay. So what? Like, I'm not, I don't need, you know, I don't need to get all scientific and be like, yo, he's a homosexual. Because that sounds like I'm reading out of a book. That doesn't sound natural, you know. But, um, you know, how we are as Americans, we got to describe everything. We got to put everything in a box. So if I'm talking about gay shit, I'm talking about gay shit. Like, it is what it is. Like, it, I, I'm, hey, I've been around a lot of gay shit recently, you know, and uh, a couple weeks ago, um, a couple weeks ago, my wife and I and some friends went out to um, a spot in D.C. I don't, I don't know if I should say the name because uh, I don't know. We went to Darnell's. I don't give a. We went to Darnell's. It's a bar. It's a little lounge in D.C. Dope spot. Like dope spot. A little underground lounge. You know, it's like you're sitting in someone's living room. And they usually have really good music and people are dancing. Like, and there's people my age. It's not like a whole bunch of 12-year-olds and it's not a whole bunch of 90-year-olds. It's like people in their mid-20s to mid-40s and you get anybody in that group. 
and um, went there. And it, you know, the, the the establishment is very LGBT friendly. You know what I'm saying? And it's known for that. And so I, I'm like, shit, I'm going because I like music. You know, and I'm not afraid to like, look, I want to go, I want to groove, I want to hear the songs, how they hit in the club, and all that stuff. You know, but when we went this specific time, you know, it's just a, it's always a lot of gay people and gay guys in that environment. And um, I found myself getting, I found myself like, this is the thing that straight guys do. I found myself being real stupid. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying stupid because, you know, I'm there with my wife and, um, you know, please don't let straight guys ever tell you that they don't know or can't tell if a gay guy is attracted to them. I saw that there were some guys that, you know, were little looky-looky with the eyeballs, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, years ago, you know, I would have been not ready to fight because I'm not a fighter, but I would have been like completely uh, just fear, you know, when fear creeps in and you're afraid, like, oh man, people gonna think I'm gay because he's trying to, you know, get a little too close with his dance moves, you know, he's doing a little too much with the, you know, Shaka Khan arms or something like chill. But, um, you know, I noticed when I went the other day that, you know, guys, you know, guys were looking at me and, you know, even though Danielle was right there, my wife was right there, guys are looking and I'm like, huh, okay, you know, I became conscious of it and I started to do the straight guy shit and I started to, you know, get a little closer to my wife and, you know, make sure people knew, but then I was like, yo, I, I literally had to like take myself out of myself, like take myself out of that moment. And just be like, look, like, don't do that, Mike. Don't do that. You're bigger than that. You're better than that. And who cares? Like, who cares if somebody else at this spot comes back like, yo, I saw Mike at the gay, you know, at, you know, dancing next to this gay dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, who cares? That's the model I got to get into. Who cares? Because with straight dudes, a lot, you know, a lot of people care about that, that, that perception. What is the perception? What are people going to think if they see me with this guy? Or if they see me in this environment? Or if they see me showing a little too emotion, too much emotion, when I'm listening to some old Michael Jackson? Or to some house music, I'm getting all the way on the floor, I'm hiking my pants up, and you're going to see me do five to eight Tootsie Rolls in a row. Um, what if somebody sees me dancing a little bit too hard? You know, what are they going to say? That's what would happen in my mind. Every now and again, even now, it creeps in. But I'm, I'm, I'm working diligently to get rid of that. Because my closest friends right now in my life are gay guys, are gay men. My closest friends. Not like my, you know, people I know from a distance. But like people that I've known for half my life and 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 people that, you know, my relatives, I have some relatives and, you know, people that I know well that, uh, that are gay. And so every time I get in a little, you know, I, I act, I might say something or somebody says something to me and I don't correct them. Like a, a straight dude might be like, oh, you know, he a little funny. And I'm like, I laugh along with it. Ha, ha. Like every time that happens, like I'm like, yo, that's, I can't do that to my friend. I got to be able to speak up. You got to be, you know, 
my boy uh, Omicongo, the Benga. I haven't shout out Omicongo since I've been up here. What up, O? Um, o always talks about being, are you going to be a bystander or are you going to be an upstander? Right? Are you just going to stand by and let things happen or are you going to stand up and speak out against the things that aren't right? And so um, I always think about that. Like, like, you know, I just can't allow that fear and that fear of judgment and that fear of perception to let me not be a friend to my good friends out there that are gay and not be able to support them and not being able to, if there's a parade or if there's a, you know, a rally to go out there and say, I stand in solidarity with my gay brothers and sisters because you know what I'm saying? Because, because civil rights, because, because, um, because racism, because sexism, because if you're going to be standing on the front line to, to fight racism, then you have to by, by, by law, almost stand on the front line to fight against sexism and homophobia and 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 all the other things that are wrong with the way that the United States and the Western culture treats people that are less than or that are perceived to be less than. And so I call this the gay episode because I just want like I just want to be very clear about how my life have been enhanced how my life has been enhanced by my gay friends like how I feel like I'm a better person because of the fact that I have a different perspective around me at times you know sometimes a lot of times you know what I'm saying and how I'm a better I feel like I'm a better uh, uh, friend as a result I'm a better husband as a result I'm a better uh, uh, father as a result because I'm just exposed to so much I'm exposed to different kinds of love and seeing how people express love differently like that's so important y'all and so I felt like I don't want to keep this information to myself <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I really feel um, you know I, I really it was just it was just on my heart like I felt like you know I felt like people needed to hear that and I don't, you know, it's, it's not out of guilt. It's not out of, you know, I have very open and honest conversation with my friends that are gay about their struggle, about their, their, you know, what empowers them and, 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 um, you know, what makes them tick and what makes their relationships work and, and just seeing the journeys that these girls and guys, girls, these men and women have to go through. It's like. Mm, if you can't, if you can't see the struggle and be uh, motivated by it, be enlightened by it, be empowered by it, then you're missing out on life. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, my gay guy friends, I'm going to keep it very real. You know, I'm sure my straight friends might talk about me behind my back, um, but my gay male friends they keep me up to date with what's fresh in these fashion streets i'm just gonna you know what i'm saying i'm drinking water because it's very hot in this room but um they let me hey they let me know what's going on out here i can't be looking washed in these streets around these gay dudes i'm telling you they will clown you you know like yo 
Mike, what is going on right here in this situation you have going on? Like the honesty is there. And that's, you know, that's how that makes me a better person. I'm telling you, Um, you know, I can't go around these gay dudes looking like Oscar the Slouch. Come on now. Come on. I'm representing for all straight dudes when I'm in the circle. You know what I'm saying? It's like I woke up in there fresh. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing going to make you feel better as a straight man than getting a compliment from a gay dude like, yo, those pants, I see what you're trying to do there. You know what I'm saying? Like it makes you feel a little proud. It makes you, makes you feel, makes you feel a little proud. <laughs> now nah, I'm playing, but I'm dead. I'm dead ass serious. Uh, you know, and just just a lot of things, just a lot of things. You know, um, I think one of the this is I'll stop I'll stop right here. I don't know how long it's been. I'm gonna stop right here. But I think one of the things also that really stands out to me that's still this is probably one of the most uh, it's not uncomfortable. It's just one of the things that straight men just don't do. Um, the form, the way that gay men. Uh, uh, express uh, how they interact with each other, how they greet each other, the hugs, you know, the closeness that they have with other men. Straight men don't have that. And I honestly think that straight men miss out on a lot because that uh, those interactions aren't there. I'm not talking about hugging and kissing and, you know, anything sexual in any realm. I'm talking about um, the importance of having close relationships with other men, you know, just another man to tell a secret to that's not your father or your brother um you know that that might be in the same age group as you or or might be going through a similar trial as you uh i think that that's important that to me is very uncomfortable um to be i'm just being whether they're straight or gay or otherwise whether they're my dad my uncle or my brother that's just always been a place where you know i'm gonna give you a pound brother all right a pound my hand is way extended not because you know not because uh of anything other than you know men just aren't taught about that closeness um that that physical closeness so that's something too that i look at uh the gay men that i'm around and i'm like i see you know that that's important for um that it's important for that type of interaction. I think men can learn a lot from that. Not all the time though. Okay. It's just not, you know, you know, we can still dap up from a distance, but you know, it's nothing wrong with showing a little love and, you know, um, and having a son, um, that is extremely important for me to, to teach him that, you know, we're going to hug. You know, I want to hug you. I want to be close to you. When we walk in the street, we hold hands, me and my son. You know, I kiss him every night before we go to bed. Um, that's important. That physical touch is important. So that's something, too, that I've seen in the gay community that I really think is 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 dope. And I see why that's important uh, for them and how it could be important for everybody. So anyhow, I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't ramble too much. I hope this all made sense as to why I even did this. And, and, and why I felt it was important enough to share. Um, but I'll be back next week, ladies and gentlemen. This is The Idea of Manhood, episode 22. If I offended anyone, just write it in the comments. I don't care. It's like, I do care, but I really don't. Um, no, nah, I do, I do, I do, I do. Write in the comments, hit me up, call me, whatever. Let me know. I love to continue the dialogue the best way we can. And um, I'll holler at y'all later. Peace by Mike.
wait, 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 wait. I forgot. We gotta do the um. We gotta do the excuses. Remember, we're gonna end every episode with excuses. So excuses are the tools of the incompetent used to build monuments of nothingness. And those that use them, huh, are seldom good for anything else. Yeah. Don't forget that. Peace.